Selling Studios, powered by RumbleOn.com. Start your engines. This is the Chasing Checkers Podcast with Chase McCain on Nashville's best sports talk, ESPN 1025 The Game. You're darn right it is. Welcome in. ESPN 1025, the game streaming on the Game Nashville app. Chase McCabe hanging out with you. It is Labor Day weekend. And for race fans, that means one thing. It is throwback weekend at the Darlington Raceway. One of my favorites. You're going to hear me say that several times on today's show. And you're going, Chase, you say that about a lot of racetracks. Well, look, I have a lot of favorite racetracks, okay? The old school tracks, those are my favorite. And, uh, you know, it just, it is a fun weekend to go to the Darlington Raceway uh, and see all the paint schemes, you know, from the 90s. That's the theme this year. But then you you have some teams that'll go further back. You know, the Wood Brothers are doing tributes uh, to, to, of course, um, to their team and and running some paint schemes from the 60s and all of that. Um, So it's going to be cool. Some 2000s as well. But I love that NASCAR.com has kind of gone with the 90s theme. They're using the old logo um, that we got to know, of course, in the 80s and the 90s. So it's a fun weekend. And and the drivers love it. The fans love it. Dale Jr. is back. Uh, He'll be in the booth. He's actually running the Xfinity race, so you'll hear from him as well. So it's going to be a neat weekend and a neat show. Marty Snyder from NBC is going to join us a little bit later on, so you'll hear from him. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about Nashville, as uh, I like to do from time to time on the show. Mayor David Briley was in our studios this week, so he uh, he brought up racing at the fairgrounds. We'll get his thoughts on that. But uh, we were off last week. NASCAR was off last week uh, for the final off weekend of the season. And so we got to talk about Bristol, because what a fun weekend that was. And you know, I, I said it before the race, that Bristol is one of my favorite tracks, that's probably my favorite track uh, of all of them. Got to go there several times. But the finish, the run by Matt DiBenedetto, I mean, he finds out that week he's losing his ride. He's not going to be back in the 95 next season. So he's bummed out. And what does he do? He goes out and he leads a ton of laps, 93 laps led on the night, finishes second. And... Everybody was pulling for him. You know, I'm, I'm I'm watching the race. I'm seeing the tweets. Everybody's hoping that that Matt D gets it done. Comes up just a little bit short. And I'll start with Denny Hamlin, who ends up winning the race. And the first thing that Denny Hamlin does when he gets out of the car and talks to Rutledge Wood of NBC is basically apologizes for beating the fan favorite. I'm so sorry to Matt DiBenedetto, Mike Wheeler. Uh, I hate it. I mean, I know I know a win would mean uh, a lot to that team, but uh, I got to give it 110 percent for FedEx and my whole team. And uh, uh, just sorry, uh, but uh, proud of this whole FedEx team for uh, giving me a great car. The pit crew, my crew chief, uh, just everybody just doing an amazing job. Uh, Jordan, all the girls at home, uh, just the whole team just doing an amazing job right now. They're, they're just kicking ass. Man, it was a tough night, a lot of bumping and banging. You guys had your own setbacks, but you never gave up. You put on a show for these fans. How did you chase Matt down there at the end? You know, the between my spotter and the and the, and the uh, crew chief, it just stayed on me to 
not get anxious and just kind of take my time. I had plenty of time, and I just worked them over, worked them over, and I knew I didn't want to show them the bottom until I knew I could make the pass. And I ran the top, ran the top, ran the top, got the position on the bottom and finished it. So uh, we had a great car that could move around and came back from a couple laps down, and here we are. What do you want to say to these fans tonight? You guys rock. Thank you. Denny Hamlin with Rutledge Wood of NBC on the win. And, I mean, they've had a heck of a season. All right. They they have it started with him winning the Daytona 500, have had an amazing season in that 11 team, uh, very much in a good position for the playoffs. I mean, when you bring up the standings and look at him, he, he's won four races this year. Kyle Busch, his teammate, has won four races. Martin Truex Jr., his other teammate, has won four races. So it has been a good season for Joe Gibbs Racing. I mean, Denny Hamlin has been on fire. And and you can say the, the you know, look, you can just say Joe Gibbs. It's the big three is Joe Gibbs Racing and those, you know, three of his cars. But, and Eric Jones is, you know, kind of the one that's, you're, you're waiting, you're thinking, okay, he's going to jump in there at some point and uh, get in on the wins, but... Um, hasn't happened as of yet. He's uh, got the, the one career win uh, that he got last year at Daytona, but waiting on it this year, 14th in points right now. So as of now, with two races left of the playoffs, all four Gibbs cars are making it. But Denny Hamlin's been on fire, but I thought it was classy for him to be like, listen, I hate it for Matt Benedetto, which is a Gibbs satellite team, uh, uh, Levine Family Racing. I hate it for them because I know that they needed that win and he needed that win and everything that's been going on, but you also respect Denny Hamlin for being the racer that he is, given that 110% every time. I mean, he's got to he's gotta go for it. He cannot just say, hey, okay, he needs a win, I'm going to let him win. That doesn't happen. Not in this sport, and it shouldn't. So, you know, you can say what you want. Newman was in the way, all of that. That's racing. That's a part of it. It stinks. I know that Matt DiVenedetto, you'll hear from him in just a second, his fans, everybody pulls for him. They were upset, but unfortunately, it's a, just a part of the sport. Denny Hamlin able to get it done at the checkers. But as I said, Matt Benedetto finds out earlier in the week he's going to be without a ride. He spoke to NBC after the race, an emotional second-place finish. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> so much. I wanted to win so bad for these guys, for this team, for them giving me this opportunity. Uh, I'm just thankful that they gave me this opportunity. Toyota, uh, Procore, Dumont Jets, and Estiwata, Spree Coin, that's all. I'm so thankful, but man, I am, I'm sad. We got tight after the deal with Newman when he came up into us, and it all of a sudden it got really tight after that. But, uh, dude, congrats to Denny. He raced hard. He's, I, I've, been a fan of his since i was a kid to be racing door to door with him at bristol in front of a great group of fans uh i'm trying try not to get emotional but it's been a it's been a tough week and um i just want to stick around and keep doing this for a long time to come i i love it i love the opportunity and i uh i'm not done yet something will come open it's gonna it's gonna happen i'm i'm here to win Something's going to come open. I'm proud of these guys. Thankful for my wife and fans for sticking with me. It's been a tough journey. It's been a hard week, and this is, uh, this is cool for this team. You know, I, uh, I'm i going to get real for a second because I listened to him, and I, 
I watch his journey. I met him about three or four years ago at Daytona. I had never heard of him, like most people. Thought he had a weird last name for a race car driver, or at least a NASCAR driver. But got to talk to him for a second and thought, eh, that's a nice guy. Thinking, all right, probably won't hear from him much. Won't see him in a few years. One of those guys that he's in a start and park team and he'll, you know, fade off into existence. But that wasn't the case. And he he becomes popular in the garage with his peers. I can remember, I believe it was last year, um, he was running for GoFast, needed sponsorship, and drivers stepped up and, and gave money to put, you know, KHI was on the car and a bunch of different drivers, you know, basically stepped up so he could go race. That's a good person. Good Good things happen to good people. And... Matt Benedetto is someone that was the first guest on this show when I started chasing checkers and reached out to NASCAR and said, Hey, I'm doing a new show. Can you, can you get some drivers to come on? And they were like, yeah, Matt Benedetto can do it this week. I said, cool. And I loved his story. And so I've kept up with him since meeting him in Daytona and thinking, uh, you know, writing him off which shame on me because listen, I have, those of you that have been listening to me and have gotten to know me and follow on, on social media, this journey in radio hasn't exactly been easy. You know, I've had to work hard. I've been that, that guy that, you know, has to do, go the extra mile and work a little bit harder than everybody else to achieve my dream. Matt DiMenedetto is that kind of race car driver. And you know what? Something is going to open up. He's not going away. He's not going to fade off into, into existence fade out of existence, I should say. Somebody's going to give him a shot, whether it's in the Xfinity series or the Cup series or a combination of the two. He's going to be around. He's going to get a ride. It's all about sponsorship in this sport. And I'll say this. I I really hope there are some sponsors that step up because you can see it. That team this year has gotten better because he's in good equipment. He's getting it from Gibbs. And as he has gelled with that team, the season has gotten better. They just need to give him a chance. And with, you know, I understand the numbers with Christopher Bell. It looks like he's going to move up and either be in the 95 or the 20. And then Eric Jones is going to, you know, either stay in the 20 or go to the 95. I get it with the way the sport is. And and quite honestly, I, I this is a topic for another day. I wish they would just get rid of this cap. And, you know, if Gibbs wants to have five cars and let him have five cars instead of this, this little deal that they have with other teams now, you know, for Levine family racing, it helps them. So it's a catch 22, but like I said, that's a topic for another day. He's not going anywhere. And I just, I listened to that and I listened to his resolve. That's a guy that I cheer for. And that's a guy that a lot of you cheer for. And that's a guy that a lot of the drivers in the garage cheer for NASCAR cheers for somebody like Matt Benedetto. So Hopefully there will be news that he will he will land a ride. Again, he finishes second. Denny Hamlin gets the win. Brad Keselowski third. And Kyle Busch comes home in fourth. He had a crazy race. The fact that he was able to bounce back and finish fourth was uh, nothing short of amazing for him, um, for sure, because it was a, a rough weekend, and he spoke to NBC after the race. Oh, we were just too loose at the end. Uh, 
car just wasn't there really all weekend long. I just never really found what I was looking for, and um, we were kind of all over the place. And early on, we were so loose, I was just barely hanging on and tried to make up time there. We finally got it tightened up enough, enough there when uh, I was racing with the two and got the lead from the two before that caution came out. And then uh, we tried to make it a little bit better for exit after that because we are going to go a long ways on tires, we figured, and um, just made it too loose. I just had no retraction getting into the corner. So, um, you know, we salvaged a hard-fought day for fourth, and um, that's about it. What's it say about this race team to have days like this you can come back from that, from a lap down and work on that car and get it to the point where you're leading laps? I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's better than some other situations for sure. Obviously, Adam and the guys do a really good job of being able to work on the car and constantly improve it and constantly make it better, but um, <laughs> flat out getting our ass kicked right now by our teammates, so we got to get better. Kyle Busch on his fin- fourth-place finish at Bristol. And, yeah, I mean, Denny Hamlin, Martin Truex Jr., it's going to be interesting to see how the playoffs shake out with, with those three drivers especially. And, again, looking at the standings as we go into Darlington um, this weekend and uh, the playoffs, it's, you know, it's, it's going to um, be crazy because of just how everything is shaking up. So, points-wise – Kyle Busch is the leader. He's he's fighting for the regular season championship right now. Going into the playoffs, he would be the one seed. Joey Logano, second points-wise, would be the fourth seed. Denny Hamlin would be second because of wins. Truex, third because of wins. Um, I mentioned Logano, fourth. And then playoff standings, Kozlowski would be fifth, followed by Kevin Harvick, and then Chase Elliott. Kurt Busch, eighth. Ninth goes to Alex Bowman. 10th would be Kyle Larson. 11th would be Ryan Blaney. 12th, William Byron. 13th, Eric Almarola. 14th, Eric Jones. 15th, Daniel Suarez. 16th, Ryan Newman with the last place. So that right now is the projected playoff standings. Things could shake up a little bit differently uh, this weekend at Darlington. We'll have much more on Throwback Weekend. Marty Snyder from NBC going to join us. But when we come back... Nashville, NASCAR. We talk about it a lot. The mayor was in our studio this week. You'll hear from him. Plus, a familiar face is back at the racetrack. You'll hear from Dale Jr. when we come back here on Chasing Checkers. ESPN, 102.5 The Game. Welcome back in. Chasing Checkers, ESPN, 102.5 The Game. A little ESPN Speed World throwback to the 90s. Here on the show, Throwback Weekend at Darlington. Very excited about that. Marty Snyder coming up at the bottom of the hour. We'll talk to him and uh, get his thoughts on on Throwback Weekend. But first, Nashville. If we're if we're going to really throw back NASCAR and talk about the old days, then you got to talk about the fairgrounds and you you got to bring up NASCAR being back here. And I, I do this a lot on the show because I have the platform to do it. I know you're all curious about it. If you listen to the show, that means you're a race fan. Um, maybe you're a chase fan too. I, I hope you are. Uh, but you listen because you're a NASCAR fan and the fairgrounds is a big topic in this city right now with the mayoral runoff coming, coming up the fairgrounds they're building the MLS stadium they're building all these new buildings for the for the flea market and the expo center things like that there is a racetrack over there and i was there for the world of outlaws a, a few months ago it's a fun track it just needs work it needs to be built up and 
you know, right now it's um, kind of in limbo with some of the, the proposals that are out there and how they're going to pay for it and the space and all of that. That is the tough part. Mayor David Briley was in studio with Ryan Porth and Floyd Reese on Jared and the GM earlier this week. And of course, uh, he didn't even have to be asked about it. He was, he was asked about the fairgrounds, but he brought up the racetrack. And so we'll continue to, to make progress over there. The I guess uh, on the horizon, once we get the MLS up and running, which is, in my opinion, the city's big highest priority on the sports front right now. we got to make sure the stadium's built. We've got to make sure that uh, we get it up and running and uh, successful because uh, we've got the city has money invested in it uh, as well as the, the private sector. So we want to see that up and running. But uh, I think there, there are conversations that continue as well about NASCAR going in uh, over – at the uh, fairground speedway, I think that's something that's still being considered. It's a, it's not the biggest site, mm-hmm. so it, it's a little bit difficult to envision exactly how it would work. But uh, I think there, there is an opportunity that remains there, and I'm open minded to seeing what we can get done over there. They got to work it out. I, that, that's been my answer for a long time. They got to work it out. You know, get with the MLS people that you know they're gonna they're over budget. They're gonna pay for it. You know. Work out the space because, yes, you're going to need a little more room than what you currently have with the racetrack because they need to build state-of-the-art grandstands and press boxes and suites and all of that. Um, I had the chance to talk to Dale Earnhardt Jr. a couple of months ago. I asked him about Nashville, and one thing he told me was, listen, this is the Smith family. This is Marcus Smith, Bruton Smith, SMI. They, they do everything first class. That's how they do things. There's no half, you know what, with them. They do everything first class. So when they, t- if they put money into this facility, if they fix up this facility, it's going to look just as good as Bristol. Is it going to have 100,000 seats? No, it doesn't need it. 30, 40, something like that. That's all it needs. That's all it needs because make it a destination. You can always add temporary seats. If there's a high demand, they'll figure that part out. They will make this an awesome racetrack. They will make this an awesome event, an awesome facility for race fans to go to. That's what will happen. And then when you go to the fairgrounds that has needed a lot of work for a long time, the state fair is coming there. It's going to be a lot of fun. You'll have a state-of-the-art brand-new MLS stadium for the soccer team to play at and other events to be held there as well. You'll have a brand-new flea market. You'll have a brand-new expo center, and you'll have a racetrack that basically is brand new. The only thing that they would keep the racing surface, the track itself. Don't have to worry about that. Maybe, maybe, maybe a repave, but the drivers would probably say it. Don't touch it. Then you have a state of the art facility over there on the fairgrounds. That's what the city needs as it continues to grow. If the priority right now is the soccer team, fine. Cool with that. Get that done. But NASCAR's coming here for the banquet. NASCAR is basically saying like, hey, Nashville, hey, what's up? We're we're ready. You ready? We're ready. Y'all get ready and then let us know and then we'll be there. That's that's the vibe I get. Everybody I've talked to on this show, drivers, media members, doesn't matter. They're like, yeah, we're pretty much, we're good. Yeah, no, Nobody thinks it's a bad idea to come to Nashville. They just have to get it done. They have to get the racetrack done. Marty Smith of ESPN uh, was at SEC Media Days back in July. He sat down with Marquise Munson and myself. And, of course, Marty being a longtime NASCAR guy, co- college football now, I had to bring up Nashville. 
The fact that we're even discussing Nashville Fairgrounds is a massive step. Yes. Because it's a it's it's a it's it's a reset that needs to happen. Uh, the, I really feel like the leadership is in tune with that philosophy now. Yep. I really feel like the driving core is in tune with that philosophy now. That's what I want to see. I want to see the NASCAR that I fell in love with. And I was one of these guys. Look, full disclosure, I was one of these guys that I thought Westward Expansion. Yeah. Okay, that's a good idea. L.A.'s a massive market, but it was so fleeting. It was at the expense of the roots. And that can't happen. And so going back to the roots is smart. Now, listen, Nashville, I'm talking to y'all. If it goes back to the fairgrounds, you have to support it. Yes, absolutely. If they're going to make that investment to go back there, y'all's butts better be in those seats. Absolutely. Marty Smith, ESPN, said it best. And you know what? I can tell you, I will be there. I will go to my bosses and I'll say, hey, the show's going out to the fairgrounds because the Cup Series is in this weekend and we're going to watch the best race car drivers in the world. We're going to do chasing checkers out at the fairgrounds. That's what's going to happen. And I'm going to tell all of you, hey, get your tickets, line up, let's go watch some short track racing because that's the roots that Marty Smith was talking about. The roots of NASCAR, Nashville. That's where they need to be. And I'm going to keep pounding that drum like Nick Saban on a podium until it gets done. So all of the all of the leaders, council members, the mayor, everybody, SMI, fairgrounds, y'all listen up. Racing. Let's get NASCAR back at the fairgrounds on that awesome racetrack. That's going to happen from time to time. Soapbox over. Now, Darlington this weekend, uh, again, Marty Snyder from NBC coming up here in just a few minutes. But Dale Earnhardt Jr. has made his return to the racetrack. He's going to run the Xfinity race. He met with reporters on Friday and gave an update on just how he's doing. I feel, uh, I'm feeling great and uh, real nervous about getting in the car just because I haven't been in a car in a really long time. I've only drove at Richmond last year in, in 24 months. That was the only time I've been in a race car, so... Um, I did come over here a couple months ago and, and ran about 15 laps when Noah was testing. And uh, that didn't do anything to help my anxiety. So um, I, Noah was faster than me, and, and it just reminded me of how hard it is to drive these cars, how good these guys that drive them are, and uh, how hot and miserable it, it is inside there. So um, some of the things that you kind of forget about while you're in the booth and being a broadcaster. So I'm, uh, but I, I'm. It's a real blessing for me to be able to run at least one race a year and sort of relive uh, my past. And uh, that's kind of why I picked this race at Darlington because of the throwback weekend. Such a great celebration of the history of the sport. And. I wanted to uh, I wanted to be more a part of that. I got to experience it from the broadcast booth last year, and, and I thought, man, I get to run a race a year. Why don't I just go to Darlington and do something fun with a throwback car and draw some awareness to not only Dad's story, but Ed, Ed Negree and Norman Negree, the guys that own that race car that Dad drove in 1975. So, And it's fun to be down in the garage, in and around the uh, – the other cars and 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 understand their stories and and what they're all about and so this should be a fun weekend. Now, what's it been like since the crash for you and your family? Things have been great. Um, we've been just you know 
taking some time to ourselves and, and, and things have been very good. So, um, you know, my wife loves to loves to be at the races when, when I'm driving, so her and Isla are going to come and be here, and, and, and that'll be great. Isla was at Richmond last year. She'll, she'll, never, she'll never remember that. Uh, she might not remember this race either, but um, it's fun to have them around, uh, especially when I'm racing and driving. And um, but the, the, you know, it's it's, I, you know, I've, I'm excited just to be back at a track. This is familiar to me. Uh, the the faces, the people around the racetrack, the people in the media. Every it's it's great to be doing something normal. Dale Earnhardt Jr. on his return to the racetrack. Uh, he spoke to the media for about 20 minutes. He didn't really want to get into the specifics of the crash, and, and he kept saying, you know, he's blessed and uh, everybody's okay. That was the message that, that he was delivering. But you can hear it right there. He's home. He's where he needs to be. And the best way for, you know, after something like that, for somebody that has driven cars his entire life, this is therapy for him and his family to come watch him. So I expect a, a lot of good things out of Dale Jr. in the Xfinity race at Darlington because he's he's going to be ready to go. He is going to be uh, excited, and he, you heard him nervous about it, but a good kind of nervous. So it's good to hear him back uh, at the track, and he'll be in the booth Sunday night for the cup race as well. So glad all is well with Dale Earnhardt Jr. When we come back, his, his teammate over at NBC, Marty Snyder, will join the show. That is all next. Chasing Checkers, ESPN, one two five The Game. Welcome back into Chasing Checkers, ESPN 102.5 The Game. It's a throwback weekend. The racers are at Darlington, and we bring in one of the best. He's been covering the sport for a long time for NBC. Marty Snyder is on the line with us. Marty, how you doing? Good, Chase. How you doing, man? I am doing well. This is my this is one of my favorite weekends. I mean, I feel like I say that about a lot of tracks, but uh, Bristol, the night race, Daytona, obviously. But what NASCAR has done with throwback weekend is a lot of fun, and I know you guys on the NBC side – you get to have fun with it as well. Yeah, I mean, it's certainly become one of the highlights of the year. There's no doubt about that. I think on the you know on the front end of the weekend, uh, you get to talk about all the cool paint schemes, and you certainly get to relive the history. And there's an element of you know the the, the new race fans who maybe don't know the history, learning a little bit more about the history. So I think there's a lot of cool things that go along with that. But I think another cool aspect of it is just the race itself. It's the Southern 500. It's one of the toughest races of the year. It is, is not an easy race, and uh, it's a challenging race. And I think that's what really it's a, a weekend that encapsulates everything. There's a lot of fun and excitement on Fridays and, and Saturdays. And then, uh, and then on race day, it becomes about the race and one of the most difficult races of the year, really a survival race. 500 miles at Darlington is, is probably the toughest race of the year. So that's, it's a cool weekend all the way around. Yeah, and not to mention with all that that you just brought up, but – you know, the, the cutoff is here in a couple of races and then the playoffs begin. Yeah. So you have that as well. Well, and, and some big names, right, around the, uh, around the cut line. you got Jimmy Johnson, who's well below, who honestly has not shown the speed, uh, in my opinion, to really deserve to make the playoffs, to be yeah. very truthful. And, and he's never missed the playoffs in his entire career. A seven-time champ, obviously, they had a crew chief change a few weeks ago. And, and I think this is going to be a very big uphill climb for the 48 team to be able to make it in. I think, you know, listen, at, at who knows what kind of speed they're going to show tomorrow night at Darlington, um, you know, in the race itself. But, you know, also in terms of you're going to go to Indianapolis, which is a, a racetrack that's very aerodynamic dependent and, 
and Hendrick has just been a little bit off in that category. So you got other names around there, Daniel Suarez, Clint Boyer, Ryan Newman, all those guys are, you know, poised to make the playoffs. But I think the big story, obviously, is going to be Jimmy Johnson and whether or not he can make it. What do you believe has been the deal with him over the last – I mean, it's been this season, but they make the crew chief change. Chad Knauss, of course, goes over to William Byron, and William Byron is is having a much better year in his sophomore season. You can tell that being paired with a veteran crew chief has worked out for him. But Jimmy Johnson, it was like he he wins the the seventh title, and then things really just start to to fall off, and this year has been the same thing. Well, I, I think, honestly, even in their seventh title year, they didn't have the fastest car that year. They didn't have True. the best car. They put themselves in a good position in Miami to be able to win that race and, and you know, claim the championship. And good for them. That's what that championship race is all about, right? But And, and by the way, they had to put themselves in the championship four to even have a shot that year. So, so there's certainly that element of it. But I, I really feel like for them this year – I think Hendrick Motorsports as a whole kind of lost their way a little bit over the last few years. They they were searching for speed. They were searching for, you know, uh, the, the right combination of things, and they kind of got lost. And I think Jimmy has pushed too hard at times. I think he's tried too hard to create some speed. And, and I think this new package, he just doesn't have the feel that he once had in the car. He doesn't have the feel for how to make the car good. He doesn't have the feel for – what he needs to do to get speed out of the race car. And I think that's been the biggest key is that they just haven't put that combination together for him. And at times you wind up trying too hard when you're in that scenario. So I think that's been the biggest deal for, for why Jimmy's in the position he's in right now. Marty Snyder from NBC here with us on Chasing Checkers. And NASCAR, as you know, Marty, is a, is a big family. And whenever something happens, the whole family comes together. And your colleague, Dale Earnhardt Jr., had a uh, Obviously, a scary moment a few weeks ago at Bristol. Mm-hmm. Uh, an amazing story that everybody is is okay and walks out of that plane and is fine. And to add to that, what is Dale Jr. going to do this weekend? He's going to get in a race car because <laughs> that's what racers do, right? Yep, yep. And and he's going to be in the race car later today on NBC with the Xfinity Series. And, and this is a race that had been planned and, and a race that he had uh, wanted to be a part of. And, and he loves this throwback weekend. And so when he kind of look through his obligations for the Xfinity series. He said, Hey, Darlington is certainly one that I want to be a part of, you know, and you remember last year, Richmond, he ran really well and, and was very impressive when he came back, but he tested there a couple of weeks ago and he was joking on our conference call earlier this week. He said, I tested there and I realized I'm not as good as I used to be, but I, I <laughs> he's kind of joking, but I think at the end of the day, he'll, he'll be a factor. He'll run up front. His car will certainly be good enough to run in the top 10. No doubt about that. So, I know he's excited for it. And, yeah, obviously the events of a couple weeks ago kind of reshifted the focus a little bit. But I can tell you I've been around Junior a lot this weekend. He's in a fantastic mood. He's happy to be at the racetrack. You can tell he has a new appreciation for things. And, you know, not that you ever lose that, but you hate to get a reminder like that. But he's, yeah. just, he's very light, and, uh, and I'm, we're all glad to see him back. Just him smiling, smiling so much this weekend. And that means the world to all of us. And and on top of that, not only do we, does he get to broadcast the race with us on you know Sunday night on NBCSN, he gets to race in the Xfinity Series race. And I know I know he's excited about that part of it as well. Yeah, and he's bringing back the eight car. It'll be the first time yeah. in the eight car for a while. Well, yeah, and they they've had the eight, number eight all year long in Junior Motorsports. He just hasn't been in the car yet this year. Uh, they've had a number of drivers in that car, and and he gets to be in it for the first time this year. Another. I know he's excited about that. He's excited about a throwback paint scheme. So there's a lot for Junior to be 
excited about this weekend here at Garlington. As I mentioned when I brought you on, you've covered the sport for NBC, TNT for a long time uh, with the TV package that, that NASCAR has had. And you've seen a lot of different types of race cars, a lot of drivers, a lot of rules packages. This year, though, Marty, I, I feel like we're starting to to go back to how it used to be. The racing, in my mind, has been great. I've enjoyed it. I know the TV ratings have, have reflected that some. Uh, there's obviously still more work to do in, in that aspect, but things seem to be trending in the right direction. Yeah, I, I think you're exactly right. I mean, I think, you know, it, this is the year where NASCAR can say, hey, we finally kind of turned the tide a little bit, and that's good news for everybody in the sport. Um, attendance is kind of turning around. I know tickets this weekend at Darlington are up. They're excited about that. I think it is going to be close to a sold-out crowd, which is very exciting. I think, you know, you look at the television numbers, first half of the season, our friends at Fox did a terrific job. They were up. We've had a couple of races in a row that have been up, and it's good to see that, you know. And I think what's lost in all this talk is that, you know, NASCAR still – is a is a big rating for for all television networks. It's still a big draw at racetracks. You know, I mean, this weekend at Darlington, they're going to have fifty thousand fans here. I mean, there's a lot of college football games, and frankly, a lot of NFL stadiums that would love to have fifty thousand people at them. And and that's a that's a smaller event. You know, it kind of gets lost that there was a hundred plus thousand at Bristol just a couple of weeks ago. You know, so NASCAR is still a big draw. It still draws big audiences. And that means a lot, and you're kind of seeing that you know tide turn a little bit. There's a lot of positive momentum in the sport, which is nice to see after a couple of years, you know, where it was like, you know, when's this going to turn around? I think 2019 is the answer to that, and I think it certainly has stemmed the tide this year. Well, and I feel like next year too, with the you know the jumbling of the schedule, and we know 2021 there could be even more uh, moves made with that. But for for you guys at NBC, you've had the championship. It's been at Homestead for a long time. Uh, how cool is it that they're gonna? It's gonna go to Phoenix next year, but it looks like beyond it could start to to have a little bit of a rotation to it. Yeah, I mean, I think mixing up the schedule period to me is is what needs to happen in the sport, you know, and and rightfully so. The schedule worked for a long time. Uh, everybody had kind of date equity as tracks like to call it, and but I think now it's, it, the schedule is at a point where mixing it up is a good idea and doing some th- different things is a good idea. I've always been a massive advocate of changing all 10 playoff races every year. I, I, think, I think it can just be a, a situational thing where you, you, you change it every year, you get different tracks involved in it, it'll produce different results. To me, having the championship race at the same track every year is always going to kind of produce the same results for the most part. You're right. going to have drivers that are teams that are good there and drivers and teams that are not good there. and. I think when you mix it up, I, th- I think it, it brings a lot of variety to it. I, and to me, there are five really good weather racetracks. If you look at it, you can go to Phoenix, you can go to Miami, you could go to Texas, you can go to California, and you've got you know the, those racetracks that you can kind of play with in the schedule in Las Vegas as well. So I think you could rotate literally between those five racetracks and have a championship race every you know five years in a different place. And to me, that would produce different results, and I think that would be exciting for the garage area. It would be exciting for the fan base as well, and that would be exciting for us on television. And I think overall, fans would really enjoy, you know, let's say Watkins Glen gets in the playoffs one year, yeah. or Michigan gets in the playoffs. I think there's nothing wrong with having that change up every year, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree with that. And, you know, uh, looking at the schedule, something that's near and dear to my heart is Nashville and everything going on with the fairgrounds and trying to get it where they're going to fix that place up. SMI is involved. And, you know, there's a lot of different things that have to go through legislation. But 
I know I've talked to drivers. I've talked to media members in the sport. Everybody is pretty much on the same page that the sport needs to come to Nashville. The banquet's going to be here this year. What are your thoughts yep. on Nashville? Well, number one, we're excited to get there for the banquet. Um, but number two, I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, I know that we are massive advocates of more short track racing. We want to be able to get back to Nashville. That's probably the number one target. I know, um, you know, our buddy Dale Jr. strongly feels that way. He That's like his number one thing he wants. He wants Nashville back on the schedule. And, and I think that there's a, there's a groundswell of momentum within the sport of how do we make this happen? How do we bring all this together? You're right. There's a lot going on. There's a lot of legislation that has to happen. And, and the, you know, the, the city has to approve it. And all that has to go through what you guys already know. But I can tell you from the NASCAR side, from the garage area side, from the media side, there's nobody who says, ah, we don't want that to happen. And I, I think the, the banquet is a first good step towards doing that. I think the banquet is something where we're NASCAR saying, hey, we want to be in that city. We want to be a part of that city. And, and we want Nashville to become a fabric once again of what NASCAR is. For so long, it was one of the big races of the year, right? I yeah. mean, the Nashville 420 was a huge race. And so, so I think we want to get back to that. I think the entire sport does. And I think it would be very welcomed if, if that can happen in 2021, that Nashville would be on the schedule. Marty, uh, I agree with you completely. As we wrap this up in Darlington, as we started this off, throwback weekend, the 90s are the theme. Uh, some drivers, you know, electing to do uh, different paint schemes, but the 90s, that's when I fell in love with the sport, uh, watching Earnhardt right. and Petty in the, in the early days, and then Gordon, of course. Did you have a favorite moment from the 90s? Um, you know, probably for me, I mean, it would have been the, the years of, you know, the battles at Hendrick Motorsports between Jeff Gordon and Terry Labonte. I and mean, there was so much going on internally at Hendrick Motorsports at that point. Clearly, they were the dominant team. Jeff was coming in and was su- such a superstar, yet Terry Labonte was the, the old veteran who, you know, knew how, knew how to win races. And, and there was a little animosity between the, the 24 and the 5 team back in that day. And, you know, you had Gordon winning it in 94, then Terry coming back, or 95, I should say, and then Terry coming back and winning it in 96. And uh, and there were some good battles in there. So I, I think that was the memory that I'll take from that and obviously some of the great Earnhardt moments where he was able to win some incredible races and some of the great Earnhardt and Labonte battles. So there was a lot from the 90s, and that's really when the sport took off. As you mentioned, you became a fan, and that's really when the sport kind of just you know skyrocketed at that point and became attractive to network television with Fox and NBC jumping in in 2001. So, and our, our first race on NBC was 1999 at, at Miami. A lot of people don't remember that, but we had the Miami race for two years before, uh, before we had the package. So I was blessed enough to do that race in 99 and in 2000. And, uh, and then obviously we went on from there with uh, 2001, 2006 and doing it with our friends at Turner sports. So yeah, the nineties was definitely a cool time for NASCAR and, uh, fun to relive that, relive that this weekend here in Darlington. Absolutely. And I, I saw your tweet uh, before I came on the air of uh, from 2002, you trying to get the Darlington stripe <laughs> on the uh, the golf cart. We're going to try that again this weekend. I sound like such a kid in that because uh, I was a kid. Um, no, we're not going to try that this weekend. And there will be no rain delays in Darlington this weekend, which is a good thing. But yeah, we had fun back then. That was back in the joint venture days where we were uh, doing broadcast on NBC and TNT, and that, that was a lot of fun. And, and that was uh, our, our then producer, now boss, executive producer Sam Flood at NBC Sports, just saying, okay, let's go have some fun in a rain delay. So on that day, I, we, uh, I, I wrecked that golf cart. Then we broke into Benny Parsons' motorhome and stole some food. 
and then uh, we had a golf cart race in the garage area, and that's when NASCAR said enough. Because <laughs> <laughs> golf carts are not allowed in the garage area, we figured it'd be fun to have a race in the garage area. And uh, that's when the, the rain fill, as I said in my tweet, jumped the shark. And we, we all got in a little bit of trouble, but it was all good. We were all just were having fun and trying to fill time during a rain delay. Uh, that is fantastic. Great stuff. Hey, yeah. Marty, it's, it's good to talk to you. Enjoy uh, Darlington this weekend. All right, Chase. Thanks, man. There he is, Marty Snyder, NBC Sports. You can uh, see their coverage of Throwback Weekend, Darlington, Sunday night, 5 o'clock Central Time, here in Nashville on NBC SN. And uh, like like we said in the interview, it's one of my favorite weekends. Um, and you hear me say that a lot, but you know, the th- to see these to see these paint schemes and a lot of them from the '90s, as Marty and I were talking about. You know, that's how I became a fan. I, I was a young kid. That black number three, or you know, white number three, but on a black race car with Dale Earnhardt, the Richard Petty car, you know, the the scheme that Brad Keselowski is running this weekend, Rusty Wallace, you know, I remember that from the early '90s. Uh, so a lot of these cars, um, it's going to be fun to see. Plus, look, there is a lot on the line this weekend for these drivers. So again, five o'clock Central Time on NBCSN here in Nashville. And we will talk more about Darlington when we come back here on Chasing Checkers, ESPN, 102.5 The Game. Welcome back in Chasing Checkers, ESPN, 102.5 The Game. NASCAR throwback weekend at Darlington. The old lineup music for NASCAR on Fox brings us in. Chasing McCabe hanging out. And again, throwback weekend. It's one of my favorites. It's also a fun racetrack. And uh, you heard Marty Snyder talking about it and giving some of his favorite moments of, of the 90s, which is is the theme this weekend. You know, other cars doing different throwbacks. But Throwback Weekend has become uh, just a tradition. But the racing there at Darlington, it tests the drivers. And Brad Keselowski uh, talked about it before uh, first practices and qualifying and all of that and gave his thoughts on running at Darlington. How do I feel about Darlington, Ben? I, I love coming here. It's um always been one of my favorite racetracks i love the the challenge i love uh running up against the wall uh not always a big fan of the heat but uh i I do like that it's uh just a very demanding track it makes you feel like a race car driver makes you feel like you're on the edge and uh makes me really kind of appreciate my job um you know there's a lot all the racetracks have their challenges but this one just has so many and it's so unforgiving. You know, if you mess up just a little bit, you're in the wall, your day's ruined. And uh, I appreciate that. It, 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 uh, it demands that uh, to be successful, you drive aggressively, but also that you not make any mistakes. And uh, that's, uh, that's pretty cool to me. It's going to test the endurance of the drivers. That's Brad Kozlowski. That's what it's going to do. Does it every year. Um, it's a fun, like I said, it's fun with throwbacks and... And all of that stuff, but it's going to test these guys, and especially the ones that need to make something happen uh, before they go to Indianapolis next week, which is the cutoff race before the playoffs. It's going to test those guys. I mean, it's just it's not an easy racetrack, and you know Ricky Stenhouse Jr. he he topped the leaderboard in final practice. He's showing speed. He's somebody that has to win uh, to get into the playoffs. You're going to see desperation Sunday night, and you know drivers get the Darlington stripe. You're right up against the wall. 
That's what makes it fun for the fans. This is uh, what I was talking about in the last segment, going back to the roots. This is old school racing at its best. And with this rules package, I think you're going to see it even more. So I can't wait for Sunday night in the cup race, Xfinity race on Saturday. Dale Earnhardt Jr. in his media availability was asked about throwback weekend and how it's grown. Yeah, it's been really fun to watch it grow and, and people take it more seriously. This was my hope when they started talking about the, the throwback weekend was that this would sort of take root and become something of a tradition that we would do every year. And that seems to be what's going on. And it, the best thing about it is I think what's really important is that the teams embrace it. And you see over the years with uh, the Wood Brothers and Eric Almarola, I mean, the, you know, Kyle Larson, all these different individuals embracing it and really going full on into it and, and uh, looking at um, Alex Bowman's social media this week and, um, you know, all the, all the hard, you know, push for content that people are creating and, and delivering on this particular weekend. It's a lot of fun. I mean, Twitter, just as an example, just goes crazy with photos and images and stories and from all, all types of people, fans, drivers, people in the industry, people not in the industry, everybody seems to really ramp up that sort of uh, bit of nostalgia. And it's a great experience for me uh, every single day, you know, to sort of more guys. learn. And it's a, it's a, you know, I'm learning a lot of things that I didn't know about and uh, hear a lot of stories uh, that are new stories to me. And so it's been good. As someone that's a historian like Dale Jr., you know, I know this is a fun weekend and why he wanted to race it. If he's, if he's going to run one race a year in the Xfinity Series, this is the one to do. Um, so seeing the paint schemes, it's going to be fun. I, I don't know if you saw on Twitter, Joey Logano's reveal of, of his paint scheme uh, was by far the best because he's running Kevin Harvick's Daytona 500 winning paint scheme from 2007 in honor of the 50th anniversary of Richard Childress Racing, even though he runs for Roger Penske. It was hilarious because his wife comes in wearing a fire suit and she goes, you need to change diapers. I'm the one that wears the fire suit here. Of course, uh, in homage to what Joey said about Delana Harvick, everybody's had a big laugh about it. So it was a lot of fun. So we'll see who gets it done. We'll break it all down next week. Uh, Brad Keselowski is scheduled to join us as well as Ryan Newman. Uh, Next week, next week's edition, if I can spit it out. Of Chasing Checkers here on ESPN, Nashville's best sports talk, ESPN, 1025 The Game.